welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I have been super busy, so I did not record a podcast last week. Sorry, I'm kind of falling down on the job, but today I've got an interesting one. It's about the Keep Sweet and Obey Netflix series, and I hope you will stick around and listen. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, had to go shut up the dogs. But anyway, I was telling you about Keep Sweet and Obey, which is a Netflix Netflix series that is only four, I believe it was four episodes. So you could sit and watch all of it at one time if you wanted to, and that's exactly what we did <clears throat> because it has been extremely hot in Texas and it's been when I say extremely hot I mean the heat index has been over 100 degrees every day for like a long time it seems like a couple weeks now and no end in sight it's it's really brutal and all our grass is dead and it hasn't rained so we're under a burn ban and we're in a drought and you know this this happens in Texas. It's kind of cyclical. And, you know, of course, the climate change people are going to say that it's climate change. And I actually, I might just take a little short break from the cult topic and discuss climate change. Because um, that is definitely in the news, isn't it? And since it's summertime and it's hot, you're going to hear, uh, you know, about fires, you're going to hear about the heat and maybe storms and things like that, they're all going to be blamed on climate change. Well, I'm not an expert on the subject, but I have done quite a bit of reading lately because I've been writing blogs about the topic. And, you know, there's one side that says it's a total scam and there's another side that says, oh no, it's a hundred percent proven. Well, I, I think there's there's definitely um, changes in the climate that happen. The thing that I have a problem with is blaming them on fossil fuels. I I don't think that that is something that we can prove. It 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 really seems impossible to to prove that the fossil fuel use has caused the rise in the Earth's temperature and the the water of the earth. So I I just, you know, I don't believe it. And I really do think that it's being used as a tool to manipulate the economy and so uh, political, you know, geopolitical policies and decisions to retain power for the people who have the power. And I just, you know, it, I think it's really disturbing myself because as we can see with the gas prices right now, uh, 
doing away with fossil fuels is going to cause huge changes in the world, including um, starvation and um, people are going to be freezing in the wintertime. They're going to be dying from heat in the summertime. And, you know, there's really no reason for that. This claiming that the world is going to burn up, it's, to me, it's, it just doesn't make sense. And like I said, I'm not a scientist, but from the stuff that I read, there are alternative explanations. But the people who believe in, in anthropogenic or man-made climate change, they will go through the list of alternative explanations and they will explain them away. They will dismiss all other possible causes of heating and cooling and storms and things like that, you know, which seems a little convenient to me that they they just, oh, we already know all the answers to this when really this whole so-called science has been around for less than a hundred years um, with the with the the tools that we use now and the you know the measurement and things that we have now I just don't really think that they they know enough and I don't think they can know because you you well you get it so anyway, that's climate change. And it's been it's been really hot here and it's also been cold and it's been, you know, there's the the climate changes and I I what I think is that we are seeing what the Bible predicted that there was going to be this kind of stuff in the last days. So, I'm I'm not going to stop driving a car in order to save the world from climate change unless they force me to and then they're gonna you know there's gonna be worse problems but anyway at this week um, the Federal Reserve raised the interest rate by three quarters of a percent which had a huge impact on the stock market and only time will tell how bad the coming recession is going to be so, in the meantime, let's talk about this cult, since staying home may be the only thing that people are allowed to do in the future, because we're not going to be able to drive if we can't afford gas. But, you know, it seems like for many people, uh, the COVID pandemic um did achieve one thing that the globalists wanted, and that was they wanted people to drive less, and it seems like they are staying home, except for some people seem to be doing the opposite and driving more, <laughs> and they even came up with a term for it. I think it's called revenge travel or something like that, and my mom is a travel agent, and she she has just been working so frantically hard at her job because people are traveling like crazy right now and like you know I heard one guy on the news saying well people people don't know how bad the economy is going to get so they're saying to themselves I'm going to travel now before the economy crashes 
And that is something that's kind of natural human nature to to kind of think, well, the world's coming to an end. I'm going to live it up, you know, or something like that. And in this cult that we're going to talk about today, um, they also were controlled by their own human nature. But the thing that they were controlled by was fear fear of literally being annihilated by death uh, when they die. Because this cult taught them that they had to be, they had to follow and obey and fulfill certain requirements in order to go to heaven. Otherwise, they would literally be like disintegrated and cease to exist. And this cult is called the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. So they are a Mormon sect that is has a lot of similarities, but way more extreme, and they continue the practice of polygamy, which is why they separated from the original group, because they the original uh, Mormons no longer, you know, legally practice polygamy, but a lot of Mormons wanted to continue that mainly because that was part of their original um, doctrines, you know, that more wives and more children made you um, have a better future life in your on your own planet and you're going to be a god. And I mean, it's a cult that is based on science fiction. And Joseph Smith, he had a vivid imagination, but he also, you know, was pretty smart. So he used enough of the Bible, the Christian and Judeo-Christian Bible uh, scriptures to make it seem like a legitimate religion. You know, he tricked people, basically, and and they the more actual Mormons, you know, not these FLDS, they think they're Christians. And they don't understand the difference. They really are very uh, offended and sad that real Christians who believe in the Bible, not the Mormon Bible, they uh we don't consider them Christians. Because they don't believe the same things that we believe about Jesus Christ. So, it's not the same religion. We have very different fundamental beliefs about God, about heaven, about sin. I mean, some of their beliefs would blow your mind if you've never looked into it. I recommend it because it's very different from Christianity, but they don't see that. But the the modern day uh, Mormon church is, you know, one thing that makes it a cult is they are constantly changing what they believe. And so originally Joseph Smith thought that black people and brown people, they were, they had a dark skin because, um, because of sin. Yes. And only if they became Mormons would their skin start to lighten up. 
So yeah, he had some crazy racist beliefs, just like all people did during that time period. Not all people, but many people were extremely racist about, you know, anyone with dark skin. So, you know, because that's not a very uh, socially acceptable way to be these days, the regular Mormons have altered their doctrines. And they also altered the, altered the doctrine of polygamy. Well, these fundamentalists, the FLDS sects, sects, uh, offshoots, they wanted to keep on having polygamy. And on a large scale, <laughs> like 20, 30 wives each. And, and not only, not, not just because, oh, we love being married. But it was part of their religious belief that the more wives you had, the more spiritual and close to godliness you were. Well, anyone can see who's not part of the cult uh, that this was just a way for men to have sex with multiple women and, and, and to justify this type of behavior. And it also justified child abuse because these the men in the cult, based on this movie, they were marrying girls as young as fourteen. And we, if you study this, or you know, if you do some research on this guy that I'm going to tell you his name, he was also molesting boys. So he was not just, you know, a polygamist. He was a child molester, pedophile, pervert, sex. It's a sex cult. However, not everyone in the cult, you know, was aware of everything that was going on. Like, like that's how it is in every cult. Every cult has like their... A, a very like secretive way of letting only certain people know about certain things. And they use a lot of mind control and um, they use techniques such as surveillance and isolation and um, keeping people so busy working and doing rituals and coming to meetings and doing all kinds of things constantly. I mean, they work, 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 that these people don't have time to question, you know, what their leaders are doing. And if anyone does question, those people are quickly thrown out of the cult. And if you watch the series, one of the saddest things to me was seeing how the leader would throw out the the men who were who were trying to you know who were actually being good husbands even though they had multiple wives their children and their wives seemed fairly you know happy and you know despite the fact that they were in a cult they were not abusive men in other words just polygamist um, but any of the men who were kind of confident or whatever, the leader would get rid of them because he knew that if they found out about some of the worst things that he was doing, that they were going to be a problem. 
So let me look at my thing here. Um, okay, so the leader ended up being arrested and he is in prison serving a life sentence. His name is Warren Jeffs. And he was one of the children, one of the, I don't know, 50 or 60 children that his father had, who was the leader before him, who was also a pervert and had, you know, multiple young girls and, you know, all, all ages of women for his wife. Oh, and so the leader of the cult would choose who married who. So when he wanted another wife, he would just go pick one. And he also would say, okay, you're going to marry this guy. You're going to marry that guy. And sometimes the the girls did not want to marry the men that they were assigned to marry. And they had no choice in the matter. They had no choice. And not only that, if they protested, they were told that they were being bad. You know, that they they were sinners. So in the series, one of the girls was only 14 and she was married to her first cousin and he was an evil, abusive man. They don't go into details, but he, you know, she says that he raped her, which meant, means that he was sexually abusive, you know, not, and plus she never liked him even when he was just her cousin. You know, when they were kids, she never liked him. So she tried to tell the leader, hey, I don't want to marry him, but he wouldn't listen. So finally, that girl ended up getting out, and she was one of the major people who testified against Warren Jeffs. Um, there are some other really disturbing things. Um, oh, for another thing is they said that Warren Jeffs had raped his own brothers, and one of them killed himself and when he was younger, and then another one, one or two of them had written books, and they, you know, they had gotten out of the cult, but um, whenever, whenever Warren Jeffs figured out that, you know, the law was on to him, he moved from uh, Arizona and found a place down in Texas and built this compound and he didn't tell the the cult members what he was doing but so what he would do a few of them knew he had his little inner circle so they would just uh, decide which children they would just go pick out the children from the families and take them down to Texas and they wouldn't even tell the parents you know the parents didn't know where they were going, and they they made up some story about it. So basically, he, he built this compound with all these children, and a few families got to go, but not everyone got to go. So he was getting worse and worse. And inside this compound, he built this huge temple, and all the men who worked, who were in the cult built the temple. And they also had businesses and stuff. They had tons of money. And inside this temple, they show you at the very end, um, he had built a, a ritual room, a room that had a bed in it 
where he would ritually molest children and the women watched and he actually recorded it and when they um, searched the compound they found a tape of him ritually molesting a, a young girl and that was what finally got him put away I mean, it was really disgusting and just, you know, outrageous and sick and evil. But the terrible thing is, when they put him in prison, his his wives and his followers didn't believe that he had done anything wrong because they were so brainwashed. And they, they just kept on, um, they would go to the prison and visit him and he would give them instructions that oh they thought he had a direct connection to God that he literally spoke for God he wasn't just a leader he was the prophet in other words he was God's man on the earth like Jesus and he was speaking for God so they believed anything he said came straight from God so they thought that God had been put in prison they did not they were not able to think for themselves at all. So, th- I mean, thankfully, a few people, you know, were able to escape and leave. And some, and uh, quite a few were thrown out. But they were very damaged from, from the trauma. And, you know, have, they have a hard time, like, getting back or fitting into society after being raised in that um, isolated um, atmosphere of total mind control and obedient, you know, forced obedience. And, you know, being, they really believed that he was God and that he was, you know, God's representative. So what kind of bothered me was that these there were people who kind of had some ideas, you know, some crazy stuff was going on inside those cults. But because of freedom of religion, they they didn't they just kind of overlooked a lot of the stuff. And it was only when they when they were told that someone was being abu- a child was being abused inside the Texas compound that they actually went in there and did something. And, you know, it was actually uh, a phone call from someone who wasn't even in the cult. It was a, it, in other words, it was a fraudulent phone call. But if if it had, if that person had not made that phone call, then he, he might still be in there abusing all those children. So my my thought was that you know how how much religious freedom can we you know, how much bad behavior can we just say, oh, well, that's religious freedom. I mean, we have to protect people. And if if they're born into a place like that, do they really have freedom? They really don't because they have been, they have been uh, brainwashed since the time they were born and their parents are brainwashed and their parents are brainwashed. It's... It's really um, a complicated legal issue, but I, I really think that more 
more should be done. You know, more should be done to protect, especially the children. So as, as much as I, you know, want religious freedom in this country, I I think that if that there's some kind of a weird religious sect like that that has a compound, that there has to be some kind of accountability, some kind of investigation, something to try to figure out, like, if they have a lot of money, where's that money coming from? Because in that, in this FLDS group with Warren Jeffs, that the people were used like slave labor, including children. And they thought that was normal. They didn't know that that wasn't right. So I don't know, it just doesn't seem like that should happen in America. But turns out, uh, after I watched that show, I was talking with a friend and she was telling me, you know, she finds this very interesting and has watched many, many different movies and documentaries and read a lot of books about Mormon cults. And she said that there's a bunch of them out there that are crime families. And they they call themselves Mormons and they're polygamous cults, but really they're, they're crime families. And there's actually another show on Netflix right now that I kind of want to watch something about murder and the Mormons or something. So I don't know what the deal is with these Mormons and the crimes and all that. I don't really see that happening with Baptist <laughs> or Methodist <laughs> or, I mean, you know... Freedom is important, but so are people's individual freedoms, you know. So I think we need to be careful that we don't just let those people get away with with um, some really bad stuff. The, the child abuse is the worst thing, and it was horrendous. Um, but they also, like I said, they did the child labor. And um, anyone, like... They, you know, they had men in there who just, who built businesses and then the cult would just assume ownership of the business and then take all the money from it. And then if they ended up throwing that man out, he was thrown out with nothing. He lost his business. He lost all his money, his wives, his children, and his wives and children would be given to another man. Yes. And he, and he was not allowed to have any contact with all his wives and all his children. And some of them had, you know, 30 kids. So those children would get a new dad. And this was supposed to be normal. This, they, you know, Warren Jeffs was a very, very evil man. He really was. I mean, you have to watch it to get the full effect. So, okay, I'm going to end this topic here, and maybe I'll just make another episode with topic number two, which was going to be about, um, let's see, what the other, hang on, hang on. Well, anyway, I'll make another post. Oh, I was going to do the one on Father's Day. So that's tomorrow. So if you want to listen to the next one, I'll put it in a separate 
podcast. So thanks for listening. And um, if you haven't watched Keep Sweet and Obey on Netflix, I hope this podcast piqued your interest a little bit, made you a little curious. Um, it was a little bit, you know, depressing to watch, but it is sure definitely was interesting. And it it has a lot of eyewitness accounts. And so the people telling the story or the people who were there. So to me, they weren't lying. I mean, these were people who lived through this nightmare. All right. Well, God bless you. And don't, don't join a cult. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will not ask you to do anything sinful to get to heaven. All you have to do is believe that he died for your sins on the cross. And then he came back to life three days later. And now he's in heaven with God, God the Spirit. And he is coming back to judge the world. And we don't know when that's going to be, but it could be today. It could be 50 years from now that we are to be ready. So be ready. Take care. Bye-bye.